Well, good morning again. I, I don't need a calendar. I suspect you don't need one either to tell you it's a new year. Um, all of the advertisements for weight loss programs and gym memberships tell me that a new year has begun. And that being the case, I think it's a natural point, isn't it, for us to reflect on the year that's been and to cast an eye forward to what 2022 might bring for us. Although, um, as we enter a third year of the pandemic, I think by now we've learned to hold our plans pretty loosely. And yet, as followers of the Lord Jesus, while our surroundings will chop and change, there are key aspects of our lives that must remain fixed. And it's worth asking, I think, at this point of a year, what will it look like for you to follow Jesus this year? What will he expect from you this year? And to help us answer those questions, we're going to look at the experience of Simon. You might know him as Peter, same guy, Simon Peter. And as we do that, as we pause to consider what it looks like to, to follow Jesus in a new year, it's worth watching, Simon, because what we find in him, we've got a person who's willing to trust Jesus. We've got a person who's willing to obey Jesus. And we've got a person who's willing to be honest before Jesus. In fact, as this episode comes to an end, Simon, along with James and John, they will completely rearrange their lives to suit Jesus' priorities. And it seems to me that still today, all these years later, Jesus is calling his disciples to do exactly the same thing, to rearrange our lives, to fit in with Jesus' priorities. And you might have noticed as Ken opened chapter five, um, there's a, a commotion at the, begin at the beginning of the chapter. And some of you would be old enough to remember Beatlemania. Uh, some of you will be a bit uh, younger than that. And so for you, maybe Bieber fever is more of a, an appropriate cultural reference. But nevertheless, there's this chaos at the beginning of the chapter. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now this commotion, it's not surprising. Had we read the previous chapter, we would have seen Jesus launch his public ministry and he does so by claiming to be the Messiah. Now, to our ears, that doesn't sound controversial, but that would have created a scene. But then he goes on to survive his first assassination attempt. He heals hundreds of people. He drives out demons. And then he goes on to heal Simon's mother-in-law of fever. And so fair to say, Jesus has made a statement. But as chapter 4 ends... Jesus makes it a priority to tell people that actually I've not come to heal, I've come to teach. I've come to teach about the good news, as he calls it, that forgiveness and mercy from God is available through me. And so as chapter 5 opens, you'll have noticed that's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's teaching. The people are listening. They're crowding around him and listening to the word of God. But the volume of people forces Jesus to improvise. So he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Uninvited, unannounced, Jesus literally steps into Simon's life and he can be like that, can't he? He didn't ask Simon, is this a good time for you? I, I, you know, do you? He just steps in. And he steps in with a request. 
put out a little from shore. Now, bear in mind, Simon could have said no. He's a busy man. He's had a, a fruitless night of fishing, unproductive, and I doubt he was in the mood to make friends, which makes it all the more remarkable, I think, that Simon agrees to this request, putting his boat back in the water and going out into the shallows. Now, maybe Simon felt pressured by the crowd. That's possible. Maybe Simon felt obligated to Jesus since he's just healed his mother-in-law. That's possible too. Or I wonder whether Simon found himself being drawn to Jesus without knowing exactly why. In any case, by taking Jesus into the shallow water, Simon gives the first indication that he might be the kind of person who will trust Jesus. Time will tell. And as Jesus sat down in the boat to teach the people, I think it's hardly a coincidence that this included Simon, who was sitting right beside Jesus as he taught. But when Jesus finishes teaching, he raises the stakes. He began with the, the, the request to Simon, let's go out into the shallow water. But now Jesus has a double command put out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Now, Simon has trusted Jesus enough to go into the shallow water, but will he follow Jesus any further? And we have to admit his instinctive response doesn't fill us with much optimism. We've worked hard all night, verse 5, and we haven't caught anything. I mean, Simon's got a point, and the frustration is real, and here is Jesus, the carpenter-turned-preacher, telling the professional fisherman how to do his job. I don't know if you've ever had an amateur tell you how to do your job, but I don't think it's a particularly encouraging experience. I was fishing on the north coast years ago, standing next to some locals. They were old guys, and they told me they'd fished this estuary since they were boys. I was using the same equipment, the same bait, at the same time in the same place. They were pulling in fish after fish. And I learned that my position there was to celebrate in their success because I didn't catch anything. What advice could I possibly have that would be useful in that situation? What information could I pass on? And on the shores of Lake Gennesaret that day, on balance, I reckon you'd have gone with Simon every time. The conditions are wrong, it's the middle of the day, so the time is wrong. And what's more, Simon calculates the risk. The deep water is where it's dangerous. Of course, Simon doesn't know it yet. But over the next few years, he's going to learn that boating with Jesus is always dangerous. Then again, Simon, and possibly we too, have been working under a false assumption. Because there was more than one expert fisherman in the boat that day. As it happens, Jesus has been casting a line in Simon's direction the whole time. Will you come with me, Simon, into the shallow water? Will you come with me into the deep water? Jesus just keeps drawing him out, and he's like that. But the clincher comes with let down your nets because that command challenges everything that Simon knows. Simon has trusted Jesus, but will he obey him? 
Master, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Here's someone Jesus can work with. He's someone that will humble themselves. Here's someone that will take Jesus at his word, but because you say so. And as Simon's letting down the nets, we're not told what he was thinking, but you can just imagine him thinking, what am I doing? This makes no sense. Now, at this point, I could ask you, how might you respond, do you think, in Simon's situation? It's an okay question, but I don't think it's the best question. Because if I ask you how might you have responded in Simon's situation, it invites you to speculate. And it's just way too safe because there are no consequences to our answer. A better question might be, at the beginning of a new year, how is Jesus calling you to trust him now? Will you, like Simon, prioritise Jesus' agenda over your own? Master, we've worked hard all night and we've not caught anything, but because you say so. Whatever the equivalent of letting down your nets is, will you do it? It's very possible Simon didn't see the point of what Jesus was asking. But figuring that Jesus knows best, Simon displays his willingness to trust Jesus and to obey him. And so I wrote myself a list, and maybe some of this will resonate with you. As 2022 begins, when Jesus calls upon us to be generous with our money, when he commands us to be kind with our words, when Jesus demands that we show patience, especially to those that we find frustrating, when we're called upon to serve Jesus and his people, Will we, like Simon, take Jesus at his word and head out, so to say, into the deep water? Whatever the equivalent of letting down your nets might be, will we do it? But before moving on, there's one more thing I want you to notice out in the deep water. As the boats began to sink under the weight of this miraculous catch of fish, out in the deep water where it's dangerous and frightening, I want you to notice that Jesus is right beside Simon the whole time, in the boat with him. What I'm saying is, whatever happens to Simon that day will happen to Jesus too. There'll be times in 2022 when Jesus will take you out of your comfort zone and I pray that he does because that's where our dependence grows. But as he does that, as he leads us into this deep water, we must remember he goes with us. And with that, we're ready now to see this response from Simon. Simon trusted Jesus, Simon obeyed Jesus and as a result there's this miraculous catch of fish but there's no fist pumping, there's no back slapping, there's no high fives. When Simon Peter saw this, that is the result of what Jesus has done, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me Lord, I'm a sinful man. 
It's a response that's almost out of tune with the rest of the episode. And I have to be honest with you, I can't guarantee that this would have been my reaction. My guess is I would have been much more willing to say to Jesus, why don't you work on my boat next week as well? But for Simon, this miracle has prompted some brutal self-assessment. Go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. This response, you might not know it, but this is almost word for word what the prophet Isaiah said when God called him into service. Go away from me, Lord, I'm a man of unclean lips. Simon has a very similar reaction. Go away from me, Lord. Simon has suddenly realised that he is a sinful man in front of a holy God. And again, this almost instinctive reaction demonstrates that Simon has precisely the kind of humility that Jesus desires. Here's how one person put it. It's one thing to be a sinner and to deny it. It's another to know who you are before God and to humbly bow before him. And with that, Simon's transformation from sinner to servant has begun. So they pulled up their boats up on shore, left everything and followed him. There's no fanfare, there's no parade. They make a simple decision. Simon, along with James and John, they commit themselves to Jesus' service. You know, sometimes in church life, and I do this, we slip into the language of volunteering And the effect of that, I think, can be that unconsciously we equate volunteering with being a disciple. I need to be reminded Jesus doesn't call for volunteers as if he needs people to do him a favour or two. Jesus calls disciples. Volunteers serve on their own terms. Disciples serve on Jesus' terms. Disciples who trust Jesus by going into the deep water like Simon. And disciples who obey Jesus by putting down their nets. And so it seems to me appropriate as we begin a new year, since discipleship involves those practical dimensions of trust and obedience, what will it look like for you to serve Jesus in 2022? I can't answer that question for you, but I can put before you Simon's response. Master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. Maybe the last couple of years feels like that to you. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Let me pray. Gracious God, we do thank you for your patient love towards us and for your mercy in calling us to be your children and inviting us to be disciples of your son, the Lord Jesus. Father, we pray that you'd so train us to be led by your spirit that what you put before us this year will respond with trust and obedience. Father, we need your help to do that. And so we call upon you. Take us and use us for your service this year that Jesus would be glorified amongst us. And we pray that through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.